1: The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world, by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is Marcello Rolando, The Reasonable Voice, host of The Reasonable Voices Talk Radio News Program and today my reasonable voice guest is author keith t bishop keith t bishop is an author delivering creative controversial and entertaining fictional stories with the payload of cited information and facts typically found in non-fiction books in his debut novel slop that's s l o p the wild boar nation written in 2013 Arthur keith t bishops creatively shows how rising intolerance and extremism here in america could lead to unrest still wondering why i invited him to be my guest in slop sequel the republican bond returning negative yields written in 2016 terrorism rocks the 2016 election After sweeping the House, Senate, and Presidency, the GOP issues the Republican bond. Billed as the Contract with America 2.0, conservatism engulfs the nation. Leftist radicals fight back, and the nation plunges into an American spring. All right. Welcome back to the show, Keith Bishop. How are you?
0: Very well. Thank you for having me.
1: It's my pleasure. I have to say to everyone listening, as well as to Keith, who I hope knows this, I was so impressed with his books when I first read them. I asked Keith to come back because what he wrote about in 2013 and 2016, I believe has become an American fact. Keith, I know how you feel about sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Give us your feedback on that cliché.
0: Well, it's funny. I believe it's a false narrative than one that we were taught as kids, both you and I, growing up uh, in the 60s, uh, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Um, we we're always told that uh, words will never harm you. I don't believe that's true, mm. and I think the Trump presidency is proof of that. Mm. He has trashed the American brand like unlike any other president in U.S. history.
1: Okay. Not that I disagree, but I want you to tell us how your books... Slop, the Wild Boar Nation, and the Republican Bond support that position, your political position?
0: Well, in in the book Slop, the first book, there's a number of characters. And Ted Nugent is actually one of the characters. Hmm. And I use many of quotes from Ted Nugent, as well as tweets that he put out. And I also use other characters to basically go to show where racism and bigotry and people who are Intolerable of others' beliefs can be hurtful and can actually bring society to a brink. When you live by threats and bullying tactics, most people don't respond to those, mm-hmm. and at least they're not in a positive manner. So in slop, what I tried to do is characterize, and I use wild pigs, wild boars to personify a radical fringe gone mad. A small group of pigs basically become disenchanted with man because they're losing their lands and drought in Texas and so forth, and they persuade a, uh, a group of 15 to 20 to start killing humans, and then from there they persuade a whole bunch of wild hogs, basically hundreds of thousands, that basically man is now the enemy. Mm. So what I'm trying to get to is is that people's and words and actions can lead disenfranchised people who feel like they've been left behind.
1: And you know, it, it bears reminding everyone listening that while when you say this in, in 2018, uh, we're actually pre-recording on the 5th of November, the day before the midterm elections, when author Keith Bishop says that, I'm sure many of us will think, well, uh, well obviously. But the point is, he said it in 2013. He warned us in 2013 and in 2016, and here we are. So it's still not too late to read his books. I don't get any money for saying that. I just say we need to understand one of the many points that uh, Keith made to me when we originally talked years ago was that it only takes a small number of people to make these negative changes and to launch America in a very different direction. I think we're also seeing that, but expand on that, if you will, Keith. Absolutely. I think one of the
0: key issues is that Right now here in America, and particularly here in America, you have a disenfranchised middle class, and they're all looking for someone to blame, Mm -hmm. because they can't look in the mirror, okay, Mm -hmm. for one thing, and number two, I mean, there's been a lot of forces that have been against the middle class. So this, what I, I don't like the term income inequality, Mm
2: -hmm. because I think
0: it basically tries to inuate, inuate that. Everyone should be equal, and that's not what I believe. Mm-hmm. I like to use the term income disparity, uh-huh. and when, when you have such a great disparity between the have and have-nots, basically the one to the top 5% relative to the rest of the nation, people become disenchanted, and mm-hmm. they become disillusioned, so they look for others to blame, and mm-hmm. that's where Trump's language has been so dangerous. As he pits races against people, he pits the Mexicans against the blacks. You know, it's always somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to create a boogeyman. So I think that's where words become extremely
1: important. Yes, words are important, whether negative or positive. My grandma used to always say to me, I mean, as a kid she said this to me, the two most wasteful phrases in an English language, one is, it's not my fault, and the other is, it's not fair. What do you think about what my grandma said, Keith?
0: Well, I think she's 100% right. Another point that I'd really like to make, which makes this Trump presidency so dangerous, Mm -hmm. is that his tactics and his language, okay, and his bullying tactics has basically given a green light to acts of intimidation and violence. Yes. Basically using those as acceptable negotiation tactics for every debate, Mm -hmm. whether it's at home or abroad. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think all you got to do is look what happened with Saudi Arabia and MBS here in the last three weeks. Yes. And can you draw a correlation? Maybe, maybe not. I think you can.
1: hmm So, the ability of a radical fringe uh, to sway a, a disenfranchised middle class to embrace once unthinkable ideals, no matter the consequences. I believe that's a quote from you somewhere. How are we, before Trump was elected, uh, everyone I knew, everybody I knew said to me, don't worry, there are not enough people to elect him no matter what he does or says. Well, that was then. And my favorite line from, uh, what is it, national treasure, how about now? So So here we are, and he is elected. And he, uh, I'll give him one thing. He's certainly transparent. He doesn't try to hide what he is, except when it comes to, you know, assaulting women or harassing women. But, but other than that, he's it's right out there for us to all see. Why is it, thirty to forty percent of the voting public, don't see it? What do they need?
0: I don't think they care. I really truly don't. I think that they 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 believe in the, the Trump mantra that America first. And and by any means possible. I mean, I think they, they look and they say this unraveling phase that Bannon talks about. Yes. Okay. Where there's this huge, you know, historic income inequality, and we have massive de- deficits, which they're now contributing to. Yes. Okay. The shifting demographics, a dysfunctional health care system, life expectancy rates by what zip code a terrible education system, infrastructures decay, racial biases that we are worse now probably than ever, Mm. obscene gun violence, taxation that favors capital over labor, foreign policy disasters, you know, all that combined. And then Trump, you know, always basically everything's falling apart and only he can fix it. And I think they truly believe that.
1: I hear you, Keith, and I'm and I'm not disagreeing with you. But I've always liked to believe that when anyone, when not anyone, but but a lot of people, people get angry. Anyone can get so angry they want to do something terrible to somebody else in the heat of an argument, especially if it's assisted by alcohol. But it becomes deadly when there is a gun easily accessible at that moment. It may be a person that would not ordinarily do such a thing, but there is this weapon and the weapon guns are a major issue for me but it's not just guns weapons are words weapons are racing um uh, in an automobile past a, a school bus with red lights flashing and killing fourth grade girl scouts trying to clean up the highway what what is it if they don't ca- i i guess let me say this i believe that the Civil War never stopped. It just went underground. It raises his head periodically. And now it's being given the permission to raise it without covering up in white sheets. But it's more than just a, 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 the residue of the Ku Klux Klan. There, something has been reawakened. It has always been there. It has always been in the, in the minority, I'd like to think. Uh, but w- what are your thoughts? It it had to be there. Trump didn't invent this. What do you think?
0: No, I don't think he did either. But I think, you know, Trump realized, I mean, think about it. Trump basically has been a Democrat the majority of his life. Yes. He knew he had no path to the presidency via being a Democrat. Hmm. We also know Trump has had no morals, ethics, or any real value system his entire life. Exactly. So he was willing to basically subjugate all of it in order to become president. And he tapped into this this anger that was, you know, basically, be- well, it didn't begin, but he, he realized and he tapped into this, what you're saying, an underground, mm. you know, anger that's always existed. And with the election of Obama, um, I think that's what sparked it. And then the rise of the Tea Party immediately after. Yes. Um I think what's a point I'd really love to make is, and I, and I heard him actually on Fareed Zakari's show yesterday, James Fowles, the uh, the author of Our Counts, mm-hmm. he mentioned that when there's been these big waves, so there was a wave for the Democrats in 1974 and mm-hmm. 2006. Well, those came upon scandals of the GOP, yes. Watergate and then the Iraqi war, et cetera. The two big waves for the Republicans occurred in nineteen ninety four in two thousand ten. And that came after big democratic president, you know, accomplishments. Yes. And when Obama passed Obamacare, it was the end of the world. Yeah. We've now we've now fallen into a socialist regime, regime. Which is a false narrative. Yes. But I think it's very important. Very important. And I think that's what sparked all this anger. And when I started seeing that, that's when I decided to resign from my position. And I had to write "Swap the Wild Boar Nation."
1: Yes, and it seems to me also that it bears mentioning that um, it's it's the states that we now refer to as red states that really have the most difficulties because of their state governments as well as national limiting their access to health insurance, affordable health care. Um, those leaders are hurting the very people who are electing them. What is the rationale behind the voter in a red state?
0: I wish I could explain that they're voting against their own best interests. Yes. I I, I think the the one thing, and and I will be writing a new book. I'm actually already out. There will be no politics involved. Okay. But it's basically going to be a white collar worker um, working with blue collar workers and understanding that mentality and and hopefully bridging the gap between both. But it's the mentality that of uh, of the more rural areas of being self, self-reliant self and anti-government. Mm-hmm. And I think it just boils down to that. And it doesn't matter. Even if they are actually getting more in compensation from the federal government, you know, per capita than the rest of the people across the nation, particularly in cities. Mm.
1: All right. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with author Keith T. Bishop, working on a new book, but I'm talking to him today about slop, The Wild Boar Nation and its sequel, The Republican Bond, returning negative yields. There's another book I want to talk about too, but more of that in the second segment. Stay with us, we'll be right back. And now enjoy Watchfire Music featuring vocal artist Jenny Burton singing Tear Down the House from Is Anybody Listening?
2: We'll build, build, build it for the child we'll in you. Uh, innocent hearts now, we'll build it. We'll build it for all the world. For all the world Once in the past, those who built it did the things they had to do. The highest intention. But something happened along the way. Uh, something happened along the way. Something managed to go astray. It's true. Now we gotta tell.
1: Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices talk news radio program with my guest, author Keith T. Bishop, the author of Slop, The Wild Boar Nation, and its sequel, Republican Bond, Returning Negative Yields. I don't want to leave these books, but I want to make certain we cover also what I think is, well, maybe not your newest book, the short story. Make the Dog Park Great Again, written in 2017. I know that continues the slop saga. Can you tell us a bit about it?
0: Yes. So it's a short story. It could be read in about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But basically, I just um, I was appalled that Trump was elected. I was shocked and dismayed. So I tried to write something that was kind of entertaining and yet an allegory towards what I felt the Trump presidency would, would turn out. I hope it doesn't come true to fruition, but basically Champ is elected the new leader of the dog park, and he comes in and he basically reverses all of Bo's policies. So I used Bo as Barack Obama, and that was actually the name of his dog yes. in, in the White House. And he basically comes in and reverses all of the policies of the dog park, basically separates the dogs, basically and exiled a number of dogs that were supporters of Bo, and basically the whole thing falls apart, and eventually Champ, 45, is overthrown and basically in a coup, Mm. and uh, the whole family eradicated. But I tried to do it in an entertaining, yet somewhat true, possibly true fashion, because Champ is, is brutal. Yes. And he uses bullying tactics and intimidation and actually murder to enact his policies.
1: You know, there. if, if we're really honest with ourselves, there is uh, nothing new about a dictatorial or autocratic, uh, a despot, whatever, demagogue, whatever label you wish to put on it. Let's just say a man, a person of power, who can convince a few people, which you pointed out to me, I keep, keep wanting to stress, a few people get enraged, and we've had military and civilian people described in 1930s Europe by the shirts they wear, by the things they did on a Saturday night, and and I'm not going to give them publicity at the moment, but I'm just trying to remind people, if you look at Donald Trump and, and his administration, And the quiet one standing on the sidelines, Vice President Mike Pence. This is not new for the world, but it is, at least in all of its bullying, blatant behavior, it is more contagious than it's ever been in America. And it certainly comes with leadership that is national and statewide leadership permission to be this new America. What do you think?
0: I totally agree. And it's not just here in America. It's happening across the world. Yes. It's happened. It happened, just happened recently in Brazil.
2: Oh, and yes, it yes. happened
0: in, in parts of Europe where autocratics have been elected. So this far-right extremism is not just, I mean, it's like I said, if it can happen here in America, it's, you know, America is supposed to be the shining light. Yes. Well, the shining light is America saying, go for it. Mm-hmm. This type of behavior and this type of administration is acceptable.
1: So once it is acceptable, once it becomes a new normal, I hate to use that phrase, I think the media plants that as much as reports it, uh, but once it becomes the new normal, how do we, what do you think, based on the research you've put into this, and I do want to get back to how you make uh, teach us lessons educate us through humor because that's an amazing tactic used certainly since Shakespeare but I wonder how you feel about what is this turnout is it a re, it, it, we what we know it's a response to Trump but what else is this huge midterm turnout that will have taken place before anyone hears this show what is that about for you is it encouraging is it what too late
0: i I think it's encouraging it still may be too late at least for now 2020 will be what what you know really is foretelling in the Republican bond mm-hmm. what happened was is I I wrote that conservative sympathizers were going to strategically terrorize certain precincts like Cleveland Ohio the yes. county Denver miami-dade that were big democratic strongholds in order to quell the voter turnout and in some ways we've already had that voter suppression already happen here in the united states which has been well documented so i'm hoping like all progressives that this is actually a real turning point where the young are starting to finally get involved in the democrats that have been labeled lazy for not voting in their best interest mm-hmm. will actually really start to turn out. Yes. But, I mean, in all I mean, in all honesty, how the Democrats are not going to win both the House and the Senate in these days, I find mind-boggling yes. and very, very concerning.
1: Well, it's true, and we should be concerned. We should also not, as an excuse by any means, there's an awful lot of money going into propping up the senators because Trump is scared of failure. He's more scared of failure by not keeping the Senate than he is of impeachment by not keeping the House. But I wonder, with all that's going on and the examples that you gave that you just reminded us of from the Republican bond, how does the recent mass murder in, in Pittsburgh synagogue play into that, and how does voting machines that aren't, you know, can't work, even in Virginia, they were talking the other day, they have votes in Charlottesville, Virginia, they can't find. Well, is this all, I don't believe there's one person or group at the top of all of this, but who knows, with enough money, trying to, to keep things a status quo that protects the few at the expense of the many, but what do you think about all this coming together?
0: I, it it's 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 hard for me to to certain all I know is it all falls into a same pattern though of fear and intimidation
2: mm.
0: and fear and intimidation is a very, very powerful tool yes. throughout both of my books i you know I try to try to basically that the, i guess the term is strength is power, you know we're gonna be you know we're going to overcome by basically being powerful, hmm. okay, militarily wise, and, and, and if everybody takes that tack, okay, it, then wars are the ultimate yes. will be the ultimate end, end result. That's all there is to it. Yes.
1: Which is sort of happening, you know. I mean, Afghanistan, how long has it been? Almost 18 years or so? Um, 18 years. Yeah. I wonder... Let's let's shift for a minute at least. It's um, I am encouraged by the turnout. I do believe every action has an equal reaction, which is why we have to keep check on ourselves and understand. Please, no matter what happens in the midterms, this is not over. Doesn't matter which side wins. This is not over, nope, at, at all. So, having said that, tell us about your new book. You said you've started one. Give us some hints.
0: Well, like I said, it's going to be not, not political at all. Wow. Um, uh, it's going to be basically how a white-collar worker, down in luck, been basically unemployed and ends up working in a blue-collar sector, mm-hmm. and he's like a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. But by doing that, he learns and he gains to appreciate the talents and the wisdom and the work ethic of the middle class, Blue collar worker, but also the blue collar worker gains a respect for an admiration of somebody willing to basically come in and do a job that they weren't willing to do when they were 20, 30, or 40 years old yes. with no skills. So I'm hoping that I'm able to bridge that gap and that understanding in do it in a, in a comical way that enables both the white collar and the blue collar worker, in other words, the social elites on the, on the coast. Mm-hmm. Versus mid-America yes, so that's that's the end result. I do want to touch on one thing though I was trying to struggle struggling for the words earlier when the mentality is peace through strength Yes, and that's always the mentality Well, if everybody takes that mentality We got a problem. Yes, and and that's you know, eventually someone's gonna stand up to Trump
1: Yes, and then what? I, you know, my wife, friends, uh, associates, people I direct in shows, whatever, they're all asking uh, because they know I have a, a real appreciation for history and, 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 of course, I'm very much involved in politics. But they're asking, why won't anyone stand up against Donald Trump? And, of course, when your party, although I have to say, I started out giving the Republican Party a better uh, evaluation, a better uh, opinion, that they were not going to go down with him, they were not going to, uh, even though pragmatic self-service, they were not going to uh, let him taint them. Well, so much for that theory. Uh, <laughs>
2: Correct.
1: You know, so why? Why why are they not standing up to him? Are they all think they can somehow benefit? Now, now I'm speaking specifically about republican governors but most especially republican members of congress what are they thinking
0: they they they've got what they wanted. they're too you know i find it humorous that they that the supreme court justices being nominated and then approved is such a big deal mm. it's not like they got 60 votes
2: yeah yeah
0: so i mean this isn't this isn't like just 3 years ago when you need to have 60 votes to pass a Supreme Court nominee. Yes. So I find that in it, that in itself as an accomplishment a joke. Ah. But they got their tax cuts. Yeah. Once again, this is this is a struggle between labor and capital.
2: hmm
0: And the GOP has been anti-labor for eons. hmm So I think it, it all boils down to that. Well you the know conservatism of the Supreme Court and their tax cuts. Yeah. Because tax cuts solves all problems. So they
1: believe. Yes, well, and when they talk about tax cuts for the, the, the middle class and for the small businessman, that really isn't true. They're tax cuts for the super wealthy, but, uh, you know, trickle-down never worked, and it still doesn't, and now they're not even trying to, to claim trickle-down. But, but why is it then? Uh, I mean, farmers are hurting, and they're hurting because of trade deals and tax cuts for... Uh, factory farms, as they call them. What is it Americans need to do? Unfortunately, they're going to hear your answer after the midterms, but it won't be over. What do we need to do going forward, Keith?
0: There's only one thing Trump understands, and that's raiding. And I've been saying this even before he was elected, that if we don't stop him, it's the monster's only going to grow.
2: Mm.
0: And there's only one way to stop him. He must be smothered in numbers. The young, the old, the white, the black, the brown, the straight, and the gay. Everybody. All religious doctrines. All educational levels. The to turn out in huge fashion. In both and out. Mm. If he gets, if he loses 51-49, it's not enough. He needs to lose 65 thirty five. Yes. Seventy thirty. Yes. He must be totally
1: squashed at the ballot box.
0: Yes. And no another way. We'll solve this problem.
1: Exactly. And we both stress, both Arthur Keith Bishop, my guest today, and I stress the the that this this negativity I'll put as nice a euphemism on it as I can, needs to be crushed, but not crushed through violence. Crushed through the ballot box, crushed through voting, crushed through running for office, and and progressing America forward. What do you think,
0: Keith? I completely agree. Any other way, in we risk an American spring. Exactly. Do I believe it's going to happen? I don't think so, but it's possible. Yes. And history has proven it.
1: Yes. Tell us, uh, we must go, uh, and I know you've got time constraints too, but tell us, uh, first of all, how we can get your books, and secondly, what you want us to take away from this conversation.
0: Okay, Um, you can buy them on Amazon, but my website will give you brief descriptions and links to Amazon and and links to short stories that I've written outside of this. It's KeithBishopBooks.com, that's K-E-I-T-H, B-I-S-H-O-P-D-O-O-K-S dot com. In my blog tab, I've had a number of articles that have been published. Um, they detail politics, Trump, stock market, Bitcoin, um, universal health care and why that's so important. So I try to delve into, and I have a couple short stories, so I try to delve into a number of topics. So that's the best way to learn about my books and all my range. And everything is also available in paperback, Slop, The Wild Board Nation, and The Republican Bond, Returning Negative Yields, is in paperback and e-book, and everything else is in e-book format.
1: And again, I want to mention both books, uh, Slop and The Republican Bond, were warnings, entertaining, edutainment, warnings long before Trump was elected president. So. We need to listen to what Keith Bishop is writing and saying and visit his website. Keith, take us out with what you want us to think about and remember and act upon based on this interview.
0: That this view that the world is a dangerous place, it's true. Mm But the world's also a beautiful place. And people can get along. Okay? And... If we're not careful and we let the demagogues, we let them control the narrative. Mm. Okay? An American Spring, an unraveling of society is absolutely possible. I mean, the only thing to do is look just south of our border, just in our hemisphere, all the unrest in South America. Anything is possible. And all it takes is one act, one crazy act that could spark a number of things unfolding. The unintended consequences could be significant. And I just you know, I hope that I, I truly don't think it will happen, but I know that it can. And yeah. that's where I wrote the books. I actually wrote Slop. Almost ninety percent of Slop was written prior to the end of two thousand twelve. Mm. And the Republican bond I had finished in May of two thousand fifteen. Mm. And I had warned that some type of terrorism is going to enable the GOP to sweep all three branches and then they're going to enact their radical policies. And when they do, the consequences will be significant and the leftist radicals will begin to fight back. And then that's when it can all fall apart. And that's what I'm hoping
1: to to, to avoid. Yes. And I hope the midterm elections have come out in a way that, that does avoid that. But again, democracy... Humanity is an ongoing battle between our better angels and bullies. Okay, we're going to have to run, Keith. Uh, I so appreciate you taking the time out of a busy schedule to talk with us today. Keith T. Bishop, author of Slop, The Wild Boar Nation, and The Republican Bond, Returning Negative Yields. Please buy them, read them. You will be happy you did. Thank you so much, Keith. All the best to you. Take care. Welcome to the Film Minute. Critics have chided the congressman, the first feature-length indie drama from former U.S. Representative Robert J. Murazik, for failing to take Washington to task. What the film actually accomplishes, though, is a much greater achievement. In this day and age, could you ever imagine watching a film that makes you feel good about politics? As it turns out, this charming little film does just that. With the days of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington long over, the The Congressman captures a quieter zeal. Treat Williams delivers a nuanced performance as the titular politician, Charlie Winship, who returns to his native Maine after making a mockery of the Pledge of Allegiance. Charlie must prove his mettle with the fishermen and townspeople, all while rediscovering his love for his home state. Comedy relief comes in the form of his uptight aide, Jarrett, who, among other things, proves to be laughably bad at lobster-baiting. If you're looking for searing satire, you'll be disappointed here. Instead, The Congressman follows another surprisingly classic story structure, that of the romantic comedy. Knowing that the pressure is off for a serious takedown of American politics, you can sit back and, like Charlie, dare we say it, fall in love again. The Congressman, not in theaters, discovery through rental. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, the reasonable voice, Thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Never forget America's mission is keeping promises. Have an American's promise to do unto others as we hope they will do unto us, love thy neighbor as thyself, elevate tired and poor to land of the free opportunities, instead of duping devout, eviscerating electorate, and violating campaign finance laws? aren't we here to preserve the love that trumps all evils protect the race of all races defend the right of life on earth to have an inhabitable planet not abandon the less fortunate re-enslave diversity nor shun those voting to marry whomever they love America's mission is not crystallizing collusion between corporatism's checks and racial imbalance, nor allowing Republican leaders to enable a night of broken glass in our homeland. Our mission is not to become what is abhorrent to our founding ideals, but rather to continue the idealist journey to fulfill individual hopes, neighborly aspirations, and global peace. Are Americans good Samaritans or antagonists casting the downtrodden as an invading caravan advancing upon us to steal our $200 million presidential payoff to hush this truth? His southern border threat is a mirage. Doesn't home of the brave mean Americans symbolize the courage to transition human beings targeted by villains from tragedy to comity? Isn't that America's raison d'etre? Is it American to allow fear trolls and hackers to manufacture, then exacerbate the great divide? Isn't free will the power to choose whether to descend into a new civil war or, cleansed from the ashes of Nixon's southern strategy and Cheney's twist on trickle-down, ascend to a new dawn's early light? Listen. Thirty-three of our United States have elected more than 100 women and 75 veterans. While there were shortfalls, worthy candidates like Heidi Heitkamp and Leslie Coburn both reflected and illuminated American service that honors all in the arena, particularly nurses, teachers, and women, especially all who've lost children to violence. America exists as the tie that binds all to the ultimate realization of our declaration of independence from made-in-America tyrants. Knowing our Gettysburg Address and I have a dream, enlist a nation now conceived as cities, suburbs, and rural households in union true american patriotism resists a questionable president using questionable tactics to question the legitimacy of a legally appointed special prosecutor who is protecting americans from those aiding and abetting america's true adversaries americans are not a welcome mat for any bully pulpit nor were we born with dollar signs in our eyes envying a trumped family trumping common sense with the nonsense of a trump administration but we were born to forever answer the call in the eternal struggle between good and evil in thanksgiving we need honor and reward first responders and veterans and care for mental health caregivers because the American dream is more than thoughts and prayers after mass murders and more than confirming what is past is prologue. Arguably, it was not the Democratic Party that energized our 2018 midterm elections, but Democratic Americans heeding the need to reconnect with our humane foundation whether our outward uniform is military, apron, or overalls, millennial or senior, laundry rooms, high heels, hard hats, power suits, or classrooms, whether living in the nightmare of oil-shellacked beaches, pipelined reservations, life-destroying forest fires, or crumbling under the devastation of gun violence, because some choose to deny millions affordable health care, to reject climate change truth, and to profit from streaming numbness to Sandy Hook, Pulse, Las Vegas, and Parkland Priamo to Pittsburgh Synagogue, and Thousand Oaks College Country Night. 2018 voters elected our next steps forward we are not here to be consumed by the hellfire of an indifferent president apathetic to what trials and tragedies befall americans from florida to north dakota and puerto rico to california we are here to be the stewards of earth and the loving guardians of all life upon it america's twenty eighteen homecoming is the beginning of our new transformation from eleven november nineteen eighteen through twenty two november nineteen sixty three from l b j and nixon vietnam betrayal and from trump pence complicity to a new house of representatives filled with every american hue gender and persuasion We are Americans because we care enough to make heaven on earth for any two or three gathering in the name of human decency, asking, seeking, knocking. Never forget. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.